And I don't know if you know me very long or not, but you probably heard me. You know, I'm telling you the truth when I say I love fishing. You understand? I mean, I've been fishing for since I was just a little bitty fella. I caught tons of fish. I mean, thousands of fish <clears throat> and all. But that's just one teeny tiny facet about fishing. But before we get into our lesson, a uh, couple of things. One is the, uh, you know, um, what am I, what on earth am I here for? A series we're going to start in two weeks. And we really want everybody, as much as possible at Faith Living Church, to be in a life group for that seven weeks. We'll give you a devotional book that you'll have a devotion to read every day through that time. Be in a life group that meets once a week. We'll talk about things here. We'll talk about them in our life group, how to apply them to our life. It will change us. It will change our world in which we live. I really believe that. And I'm still looking for some men and women who would facilitate a group in your own home or somebody else opens up their home and you would just go there and facilitate it, which is basically ask the questions and that's just by hitting a button on uh, you know, your computer or your television, playing a little tape, ask the question, then you hit pause, and then you'll discuss those things. It's really, really simple. We'll teach you. We'll coach you through the whole thing. Really need you to go ahead and sign up if, if you would come and, and be part of a life group or if you would facilitate one uh, and appreciate that. How many of you got a ticket this morning when you came in? Anybody not get a ticket? You got to get a ticket. Only reason I'm saying that do uh, you go ahead and bring one up real quick? At the end of the service, now, one of my favorite stores is Cabela's. If you've never been to Cabela's, it's not just like, well, they sell fish and stuff. They sell everything, you know, everything that an outdoors person would like, you know, anyhow. But we're going to give away a Cabela's gift card, a $100 Cabela's gift card to everybody who is in here who has the right number. And that should be only one person today. Okay. And uh, if you brought a guest with you, then you got a, uh, your name, you got two cards. I mean, two little tickets, one for you. And, and we just gave, you didn't know about it, but we gave you another one for bringing a guest. And they got one as well. And if you, next week, we'll end this series, but if you bring 20 guests, you get 20, 20 names in the thing. It increases your odds to win it. Because we'll be doing it again next, next uh, week. Okay. See, I don't think I got my name in there, though. So if this don't fit you, you can give it back to me, you know. I think it'll fit. Well, I told you I was going to share a couple of fishing secrets. And I'm going to share some more next week. Just a couple of fishing secrets. If, if you're a real fisherman, fisher of fish. How many of you are a fisherman? You consider yourself a fish, fisherman. Okay, cool. Well, are you familiar with what they call crappy? There's black crappy and white crappy. There's... Uh, in New England, they usually call them calico bass. Same thing, okay? But if you're out fishing in any kind of a pond, a lake, you know, reservoir, something like that, all you have to do, if you want to fill your boat up with crappie, all you have to do is a secret, and you can fill your boat up. But you're probably not even interested in it anyhow. But you are okay, all right. See a little encouragement there. All you got to do is catch one crappie. I don't care how you catch it. You got to catch one crappie. One. And once you catch that crappie or calico bass, then you'll uh, either use the one you caught it on or you have another one set up, have a hook on a line about yay long with another bobber. You know what a bobber is, you know? You know, fish it eats the bait, pulls the bobber, you know, you got a fish on it. 
So you'll take, once you take him off of your line, your fishing line, you'll hook, the hook this, this hook in his top lip. You got about this much line on there, and you put a buffer on it, and then you throw him back in the water. Because calico bass always travel in schools. And he don't know what's going on. But all you do is follow the bobber around, and he is in a, a school of probably hundreds of other calico bass. And calico bass can get up to around four pounds apiece. Some of them are smaller, but once you get in a school of big ones, you're going to catch a bunch of big ones. You paddle your canoe or get a motorboat, you get over there, not too close, from here to the back wall, to the bobber. And then you just cast and you catch fish after fish after fish. And they're going, how did they know we're over here? And see, the, the trader now who's got the bobber floating above his head, he goes back to his school because they keep moving and you don't know where they're at. And, and, and all of a sudden you just follow the bobber and you just catch fish after fish after fish. Try it. Put it to the test, see. And now I, I was asking my brother, who's also a fisherman. He loves fishing just like I do. And um, I said, Wally, what's one of the, the, the southern, you know, secrets to fishing, catching big fish and lots of them? He says, a long fuse. <laughs> now, see, a long fuse. There are people in the south who have been known to tie a stick of dynamite to a rock. And the longer the fuse, the deeper the dynamite goes before it explodes. Then you go out with your boat and you pick up all the fish that's floating on the surface. Now, I'm, I, I never could get any dynamite, you know, myself. But we did use little uh, M80s and cherry bombs and stuff, and it works, but not as good as dynamite, I understand. Now, that's just a freebie, you know. That's a southern thing. Yeah, yeah. So don't try that in you. I don't even know if you can do it in South Carolina anymore. I don't even think it was legal back in those days. But so don't try that in New England, okay? All right. Well, that's a couple little fishing secrets, and there are some great secrets out there uh, to help you become a great fisher of fish. Um, let's see here. Got the card out of the way. All right, so I want us to look, if we could, to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 1, looking with me to verse 14. And it says here, later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee <clears throat> where he preached God's good news. You, you understand good news? I mean, some people only want to talk about bad news. You know, you're going to burn and go to hell. Truth of it is, without Jesus, you will. But some people almost say it in such a way they hope you do. You know what I'm saying? Now, the Bible says Jesus preached God's good news. Now, could it ever, could a warning be good news? It could. You're out there. Imagine this. You're driving down the road. Somebody's running down the side of the road, throws a brick at your car, busts out the window. Is that good news? If the bridge is out and people are driving over the edge of the the cliff into a river and drowning, and no one has been able to put a guard or, or, or flashers or anything because it just happened, and the guy's been waving his hands at people trying to stop them, and they're zipping by him, you know, pointing certain fingers at them and, and hollering at them and all, and they go, yeah, what do you mean getting in my way? So the guy gets a brick or rock, he throws it at somebody, 
And, and they stop their car, and they're rolling up their sleeves. They're going to go take care of that guy. He's going, the bridge is out. Is it good news to have someone to get your attention? Absolutely. It is fantastic news because it just saved the life of you and your family. So, good news comes in different ways, but it is good. It has preserved you and your family. So he says here, you know, Jesus preached God's good news. And, and he tells us in the book of Matthew, he says, go into all the earth and, and, and preach the gospel. And what does the word gospel mean? Good news. That's all it is, is good news. You don't have to perish. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to suffer the consequences of your sin. There's good news. God forgives. God pardons. Well, uh, listen to what it says here in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. And it says, for all except clergy, it says, have sinned. No, it says all, and all means 100%. Everybody, for all have sinned, and they all fall short of the glory of God. They, they fall short of heaven, and there's only one alternative if you don't make it to heaven. There's only one alternative, and it's not a pretty sight. But we all fall short. Now, some people think, well, they can work harder and do more good stuff, and, and, and they can get further than other people. But see, it's like, I don't know if you've ever uh, seen these things in the news where, you know, some big building, a casino or a motel or something catches on fire, and, and people are trying to get out, and some people go to the roof, and, and, and some of them just, instead of burning up, they, they jump. But they can't reach the other buildings. They're too far away. But you got some people who are very athletic, and they get to the top of the building, and they run as hard as they can, and they leap, and they miss the other building just by an inch. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? No, it's not. They still are dead. That's exactly right. I don't care if you miss it by an inch or you miss it by a mile. You miss it. And the Bible says all of us have sinned and we all have missed it. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of heaven. Think about it. We all fall short. Is there anything we can do about it? Well, imagine this for just a moment. You're driving down the road. You had a special, you know, family gathering, a party. You hung out really long, you, you know, you enjoyed your time together, you're going home really late in the middle of the night now, maybe it's one or two o'clock in the morning, and you're driving home, and you see a smoke coming out from, you know, underneath the, the, a garage door at somebody's home, and, 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 and as you're looking over there, what is that? One of the little windows in the garage breaks out, and you see flames, and more smoke is bellowing out. What do you do? You go home, right? I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get nobody upset. You dial 911? Well, you should be dialing it as you're pulling your car to the curb. Pull up on the lawn if you have to, you know. Pull up on the stairs if you can. You got four-wheel drive. But you go and you ring the door and you beat on the door. If no one comes, you take a rock and you break a window. That'll get some attention. A big old guy, you know, like, you know, 400 pounds, nothing but muscle, he comes down what are you doing? Don't you know it's the middle of the night? And you're going, oh, oh, oh. and he's growling, you know, looking, he's going to eat you for a midnight snack. And he looks out there and he goes, ah! He runs upstairs, he gets his wife and his kids, and he gets out of the house. And you just saved his life. 
You saved that man's life. Now, he didn't like you, and he might even punch you at first. That's what could very easily happen, but after he comes to his senses, he's going to put a Band-Aid on you, okay? Say, I'm very, very sorry. Thank you. If it wasn't for you, me and my family would have died of the toxic fumes that would come up the stairs, and we would have been burnt to a crisp in that place. Thank you. I mean, it's good news that you don't have to die in a fire because there's somebody cared enough to stop and to warn you and tell you to get out, right? Well, the Bible says we've all sinned and we all fall short of making it to heaven. And that's all of us. And then it goes on to say in Romans 6, 23, it says, for the wages of sin, you sin, your wages, what you got coming is death. And we've all sinned and we all got death coming. But it says, comma, it says, but the gift of God. It's a gift. You, you, you can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can only receive it. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There is a gift that God hands out to everybody who would believe it. He rescues all who believe it. He pardons all who will believe. See, the sinner only has two options, be pardoned or be punished. And there is a real heaven, and it's more fantastic and awesome than you could ever imagine. And all of our loved ones who believed in Christ who are there awaiting us, it's just going to be out of this world, man. But there is a real hell. If there was not a real hell, Jesus would not have come to this earth and died in our place and shed his blood. He would not have taken all the abuse that he took, but he died and he descended into hell. The Bible says for three days, beat the stuffings out of the devil and then rose from the dead. And nobody has to go there because he took the keys with him when he rose. And nobody can be locked up in there any longer if you believe in Jesus Christ. That's just the way it is. Well, let me pick up here in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. It says, the time promised by God has come at last. Jesus is preaching God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last. Something special is going on, and you don't want to miss out on it, is what he's telling us here. He announced the kingdom of God is near. But there's some people who don't know about it. They sleep through it. Have you ever, 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 ever heard on the news, read on, in the newspaper that there was going to be a meteor shower? Who, who has ever heard that? You know a meteor shower of the fallen stars tonight? Okay, a bunch of you have. How many have ever seen them? What about the rest of you? How many of the rest of you never saw them, but you knew they was coming? Because you was not awake. You was asleep. But see, there's some spectacular things that's coming, and if you miss the meteor shower or the northern lights, that's okay, but you don't want to miss what God's got in store for us. He says his kingdom, the kingdom of God is near. Uh, don't sleep through what he's got, you know, uh, coming down the pipe for us. But he tells us, as that verse goes on, he says, repent. And you understand what the word repent means. All repent means is you change your direction. You change your direction. You were walking away from God. Now you're walking toward him. It's talking about repent. He says, repent of your sins and believe what? The good news that God loves you. He pardons you. You're a new creature in Christ. He's going to turn it all around. He loves you. He's crazy about you. 
Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Turn your attention back to God. You don't want to miss out on what God's got in store for you. Then we pick up in verse 16. Here's the first disciples. Jesus is, is, is getting ready to tell them something very spectacular. So it says, one day as Jesus was walking along, how many of you do much walking? Okay. They say if you'll walk a half an hour a day, I mean, the medical world says if, if you will walk one half an hour every day, it adds years to your life. That's pretty good. But there's something else happens when you're walking. If you want to interact with people, you walk. If you get in your car, you roll up the windows, they're tinted already, you turn the radio on and the air conditioning on, you don't communicate with nobody, really, do you? Not much. But when you're walking, you know, when I was a, a teenager and I felt the call of God on my life, I hooked up to a backpack full of tracks and Bibles and all, and I took off, and I spent a couple years hitchhiking around the country. Guess, I met a lot of people walking. And a lot of people would pull over and go, hey, where are you going? I'd go, uh, where are you going? I'm going, well, that's where I'm going. And I only hitchhiked around the country for the privilege of sharing the good news with everybody who would pick me up. And that's what I did for a couple years. Walking was a good thing because you interact with people when you're walking down the sidewalk, going to the post office, going to the grocery store. Hey, how you doing? You know, oh, we think it's snow, right? But you can communicate with people. Anyhow, it says here, one day as Jesus was walking along, the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water. And in case you don't understand that, he, he makes it clear, for they fished for a living, you know. He was throwing a net. Now, I got a little net right here. Actually, somebody up in Wolcott uh, a year or two ago asked me to help them deal with some issues in their pond. And if, if you know how to do it, you can throw this net and it'll open up about half the size of this stage. And, and I caught several hundred fish in my first cast. A net can be pretty effective fishing, right? Now, I don't know if it's legal or not, but I want to fish by watching this online. <laughs> I was just trying to help a friend. Anyhow, I'm willing to go to jail, pay the fine, whatever. I did it, okay? I'm guilty. But the, the net concept was really good at catching fish. He says, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, listen to what he says, come follow me, and I will make you more spiritual, and I will make you more disciplined, and I will make you a better person. Come follow me, and I will make you honest. Come follow me, and, and I will make you very organized. Come follow me, and I will make you successful, and I'll make you happy, and I'll make you whole, and I'll make you healthy. Come follow me, and I'll make you wealthy. I'll make you a leader. Come follow me, and, and I'll give you a better job. Come follow me, and I'll fix your marriage. Come follow me, and I'll answer your prayers. Is that what he said? No. Now, the fact of it is, he will do those things, but that's not what the verse says. He says, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Let me read to you out of the King James Version. He says, follow me, and I will make you become. I mean, you're not it already, but I will make you become something that you are not already. He says, come follow me, and I will make you become 
fishers of men. Talking about mankind, men, women, boys, and girls. And, and, and this thing is not instantaneous. It is a process. Jesus says, come follow me, and you're going to become a fisher of men if you follow me, because that's what I'm doing. So if you are not a fisher of men, it's an indication that if you are following Christ, you're following him from a great distance. You're not very close. If I told you, hey, hang out with me for a week, and after fishing season comes in, I said, follow me, and I'm going to teach you how to fish. And if you follow me, you're going to be in a canoe. You're going to be in a motorboat. You're going to have some waders on standing in a stream. And, you, and somebody said, well, how was it with Pastor Ron? It's like, I don't know. I didn't ever see him. Well, why didn't you see him? I invited you to. Well, see, if you were seeing me close up, you're going to be fishing. I'm going to be showing you how to catch those crappy, how to catch those great big old rainbow and brown trout, how to catch the bass. I'm going to show you how to catch a catfish, how to... I will be showing you those things. So Jesus said here, come follow me, and I will, I'll make you become fishers of men. No matter what your occupation is, you have been called as a follower of Christ to be a fisher of men, women, boys, and girls. It comes with the call. If you're close to Christ, he is reaching out and touching people's lives every day and if you're close to him you'll be doing that but if, if if you're not doing that it's an indication that we're not following him too closely you know it's like why don't we have uh, a late night snack you know i'll see you then lord now think about it for a moment follow jesus yeah he's gonna bless you he's gonna answer your prayers he's gonna help you all those things we provide for you and all that but he, he is giving you the opportunity to join and be part of the ministry that's most dear to his heart. And he's telling you, he's going to enable you to become that. That's what he's trying to tell us here, you know. You, you understand, to follow Jesus is to fish. That, that is the truth. Now, not for fish necessarily, but the way I look at it, the better I get at catching fish, I'll understand how to catch men better. So I have to practice, you see. And if you don't want your Cabela's card, I could probably use it to invest in some more tackle. There's one thing I've, I've discovered that people who don't like to fish necessarily have probably never really caught very many fish. But if I was to take you fishing and you were catching great big old fish and a bunch of the fish, you go, whoo, this is fun. When are we going again? And if you've never led somebody to Christ, You've never been a fisher of men and led a man, a woman, a boy, a girl, somebody's broken heart, and you brought them to Christ, and Christ heals their broken heart and transforms their life. Once you see that, can we do that again? Can we do it again? Can we do it again? Now, the disciples, when they first became fishers of men, they didn't always do it right. They made mistakes. He said, you'll become. It's not instantaneous. It's a process. You remember when Jesus was preaching and healing people and, and transforming lives and all, and he was, you know, resting just a wee bit, and all the people in town, all the ladies had their kids, and they wanted Jesus to bless them and all that, and the disciples was out there going, shh, Jesus is taking a little nap over here. And, hey, kids, this is not for children, you know. 
Y'all get away. Just the adults can come. We had a situation like that every once in a while here. And people mean well about it. It's just something that happens. They don't get the numbers. And I found out how many people came to our Easter service and said, well, that, that ain't counting kids. It's just like, what? Here, you might as well take this ink pen and just go ahead and stab me in the heart, okay? You're not counting kids? What's the matter? Kids don't matter? Do you feed them at your home? When, when do the adults eat? Do you feed the kids too? How many of y'all recognize that kids are people? How many of you ever was a kid before? Almost 95%. Jesus overheard the conversation. He said, hey, hold on. Peter, James, what are you doing? And then Jesus said, you suffer the little children to come to me and forbid them not for uh, such is the kingdom. He said, you, you can learn from these little guys. They believe stuff. They take it to heart. And they act upon it. Right away, there's no you know, fear, no reservations about it. So the disciples made a big mistake. In learning to be a fisherman, they didn't think we wanted to catch the little ones. We only wanted to catch the big ones. You know. And it wasn't too terribly long. The disciples, you know, they got there. Well, Jesus, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Who's going to be on your right and your left side? Is it going to be me, Jesus? And say, hey, guys, you got your focus in the wrong place here. It ain't about you, it's about them. I told you, if you come and follow me, I will make you become a fisher of men. It's about them. It's about going and, and banging on the door because someone's house is on fire. It's about stopping somebody on the interstate and letting them know the bridge is out. See, that's good news. That's some you, uh, news that you can genuinely use. So these disciples, they lost some fish. They weren't perfect. Now, I've, I've been fishing for quite a few years now, and I've lost a bunch of fish. But I'm going to tell you, I have caught thousands upon thousands of fish. And when we lived in the parsonage, it was not uncommon for me to have at least 500 fish in that freezer at any one time. I'm just telling you, it's just the way it was. So... In the midst of me losing a lot of fish, I still caught some. So you go, well, I just don't know how to do it right. And Oh, Jesus said, I will make you become fishers of men. He says, I'm going to teach you how to do it. Now, think about it for a moment. Thank God for the person who caught you. Somebody somewhere said something about the good news of Jesus. Said something about it that got your attention. It could have been on a TV program or radio. It could have been a book could have been a service, it could have been a neighbor, a relative, but somewhere you heard the good news. That was the bait. I want some of that. It reeled you right into Jesus Christ. Somewhere somebody told you. And you know what? If, if that person is still living, if he ain't never done it, it'd be worthwhile to write a little letter and say, I just want to thank you for getting out of your comfort zone and telling me about Jesus many years ago. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just to let them know how much you value that because it changed your life. It's like knocking on your door and warning you about your house is on fire was the essence of it. Well, let's pick back up here. We just read, Jesus said, Come follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Verse 18 says, And they left their nets at once. How quick did it take them to leave their stuff? Boom! You know, they left their nets at once, and they followed him. And he says, I'll make you become fishers of men. And they followed him, and a little further up the shore... Jesus saw Zebedee's son, James, and, and John in a boat repairing their nets. 
He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Now I'm going to tell you what that dad did. Lots of times people are thinking, you know, hey, left dad there with the, the other workers, and, and here the son runs off. And how horrible, how terrible. That's not what happened at all. And we're going to read another passage, and you're going to see why. But that dad said, hey, boys, y'all go stick with him. I, I, there's something special about him, you know. And you see what he's doing? I mean, he might be the son of God. I mean, you see the fishes in our boat? What, what he, You know, y'all follow him, sons. I want the best for you. You follow him. We'll take care of the fish here. That's what happened there. Just think about that. Would you do that with your own children? Whatever you got to do, wherever you got to go. My mom, who's visiting with us right now, years ago, almost hurt my feelings in the beginning, said, Mom, I'm sorry that we're up in Connecticut and we're, we're not there with you all the time, you know, on special occasions or somebody's sick and said, we don't want you home. That's what she would tell me. We don't want you home. We want you doing what God's got you to do. Is that true? It's true. She didn't want me to come home. If I'd have gone home, many of you would not have known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. So you can understand the Father's heart, you know, when, when these fishermen left to follow Jesus, you know. See, throughout the New Testament, as you read it, there is a connection between following Jesus and fishing for man. It's inseparable. They go together. It's just the way it is. If you follow Jesus, you will become a fisher of men. Every follower becomes a fisher of men, men, women, boys, and girls. And some of those people who follow Jesus are ex-tax collectors who are really crooked. Are you serious? Did they become a, uh-huh. You ever read the book of Matthew? Does anybody know what Matthew was? Tax collector. But he followed Jesus and became a fisher of men. And, and we read in our Bible there's prostitutes that follow Jesus. And they became fishers of men. And, and there's one particular instance where a woman, she's, she's been married five times, and the guy she's lived with ain't her husband now. And she followed Jesus just for a few moments. She went back into town, brought the whole town out there to hear what Jesus had to say. The woman at the well, that's who we uh, refer to her as. Think about this, you know? Hmm. There, there was a man. Everybody in town knew him. He was full of demons. Uh, they would chain him. He'd break the chains. He was in the cemetery cutting himself sharp stones and all. And, and Jesus went to town, and Jesus cast the demons out of the man. They went in like 6,000 pigs. The pigs ran out and drowned himself in the ocean. The man is totally sane, healed. And he's climbing in the boat with Jesus. And Jesus says, no, I'm sorry, not this time. You got to stay here. Why was Jesus leaving? All the people in the community, the leaders, came out and said, you got to leave this place. We don't want you here no more. Look what you did to all of our pigs. I mean, they, they, they were raising pigs, and they got 6,000 drowning pigs out there now. We don't want you to leave here. And Jesus told the man who had been demon-possessed, he says, you're a fisher of men now. You go and you tell everybody in this community. They, they'll remember you. <laughs> you go tell everybody here what I have done for you, the good things I've done for you. And then later on, the place was called Decapolis. 
And, and later on, when the gospel came back to be preached, they welcomed the gospel because of a demon-possessed man was telling the good news everywhere he went. It's just absolutely amazing, you see. See, the, so the, the goal is for you to do in your lives for others what somebody has done for you and tell them the good news. Well, let's pick up here quickly at Luke chapter 5, verse 1. And this is in the Message Bible. It says, Once when he was standing on the shore of the lake of Gennesaret, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. <clears throat> and Jesus noted two boats were tied up. The fishermen had just left them, and they were out scrubbing their, uh, their nets. And he climbed into the boat uh, that was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore, sitting there using the boat for a pulpit. And he taught the crowd. And when he finished teaching, he said to Simon, push out into the deep water and and let your nets out for a catch. And Simon said, <clears throat> you're a carpenter, right? We're fishermen. The kind of nets they had back in them days wasn't like this monofilament that looks invisible in water. It was corded. You can see it. It was like dark brown. So they would fish at night because then the fish couldn't see the net coming. You know, they, their chances were better at catching them. Well, Simon said, Master... <clears throat> well, we've been fishing hard all night, and, and we haven't caught even a minnow. But he's looking into those awesome eyes of Jesus. He says, but if you say so, I'll let out the nets. If you say so. It was no sooner said than done, and a huge haul of fish, straining the nets past their capacity. They waved to their partners in the other boat to come help and they filled up both boats, nearly swamping both of them with the catch. Simon Peter, when he saw it, he fell to his knees before Jesus. He says, Master, leave. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinful man, and, and I can't handle this holiness. I, I, I can't do it. I've tried. I just can't do the right thing. And, and Lord, you're pure and you're holy, and, and you filled up two boats of fish. We've not caught this many fish in two months, and you have... Leave here. I'm, 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 I'm impure. I'm a sinner. Verse 9. And when they pulled in that catch of fish, awe overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. It was the same with James and John, Zebedee's sons, co-workers with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, there's nothing to fear. From now on, you'll be fishing for men and women. And they pulled their boats on the beach, and they left the nets, and they left it all, and they followed him. That's the same story. See, it's in, in, in a, a different place. It's, it's no wonder the father two boat loads of fish? Boys, if he can do that, he can do anything, follow that man, you see. This was a miracle. If Jesus who is a carpenter, can show a fisherman how to fish, well, he can surely teach him how to fish and catch men for the kingdom of God. Now, marriage, family, careers will all end here on earth. You understand that, right? All of the good stuff we have here, it's going to end one day. I'm, I'm talking about from birth to death, not much eternal value is in a lot of the stuff that we do. It's temporal. It just affects us while we're here on earth, you know. So, my question is, what are you doing for eternity? 
What are you doing for eternity? See, God uses the message. We know that. But he also uses the messenger. And he said, you come follow me, and I'll make you become a fisher of men. You're a messenger. He uses the messenger. And he has perfectly positioned each and every one of you. Perfectly positioned you. Due to your successes and your failures. He has positioned you, and he's taken whatever's there, and he's positioned you. Uh, Using your marital status, he has positioned you, and your age, and your finances, and the good, and the bad, and the ugly. God has positioned you where you're at at this very moment. God has strategically positioned you with your hobbies, and your career, you know, your your health, and, and your neighborhood that you live in. God has perfectly, strategically positioned you. And God can bring eternal value through everything that's gone on in your life, good, bad, and ugly. He can bring eternal value when you surrender to him, and he'll make a difference in the lives of all the men, women, boys, and girls who's in the sphere of your influence. The fact that you're, you're married, he'll use it. The fact that I can't get married, you know. He'll use that. The fact that you got a bunch of kids or the fact that you can't have kids. You are in a position to become an awesome fisher of men using who you are, your personality, the good and the bad and the ugly because there's somebody else out there similar and they're going, you know, I just think I'm going to end my life because of this, that, that. You go, hey, hold on, honey. I've been there. Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. You see what I'm talking about? He has positioned us. And if we'll begin to follow him, he will use all the stuff in our past to help us bring men, women, boys, and girls into the kingdom, to bring eternal value to others through your life. That's what he wants to do. Follow Christ is just a fish. In, in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, it says this in the Amplified Bible. It says, he who is wise captures human lives for God as a what oh this is Proverbs eleven thirty in the Amplified Bible I'll slow down so y'all can catch up Proverbs eleven thirty. we have that not yet okay it's all right I'll just tell you what it says how about that Proverbs eleven thirty says he who is wise captures human lives for God as a fisher of men. He gathers and receives them for eternity. A wise man can catch fish. Let me tell you something. Catching real fish takes wisdom. I actually study to figure out about fish, so how I can outsmart them. And let me tell you, I didn't always catch as many fish as I can catch now. You know, but if you're going to catch souls into the kingdom, you got to have wisdom. That's what he's telling us here. I'll read it one more time. Proverbs eleven thirty. Yes, no, no. Okay, all right. Was the other verses there? Okay. Well, if we get one there once in a while. I'm cool with that. Proverbs eleven thirty says, "He who is wise captures human lives for God as a fisher of men. He gathers and receives them for." Eternity. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Most of us can quote verse 7, but have no clue what verse 8 says. 
He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but he's given us a spirit of power and love and of self-discipline. The King James says, of a sound mind. He's, God didn't give us fear. So verse 8 says, so, since God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Now, would you be honest with me for just a moment, painfully honest, no matter what anybody else says, just be honest with me. How many of you have honest to goodness ever been afraid to tell somebody about Jesus? Be honest. That's all of us. Some of us are even doing like this. We're afraid to even let our hand be seen. <laughs> well, how come a big, strong, strapping man or, 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 or a powerful woman, why would we be afraid to tell somebody their house is on fire? Why would we be afraid to tell them the bridge is out? Because the devil tries to put fear in our mind so we won't do it. Well, what would they think of you? Well, for a few moments, they're not going to think very nice of me, but when they figure out their house is on fire, they're going to thank God for me. And he says here, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory. That just means honor. Do all for the honor of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. He's saying, don't scare people off. Don't offend them. Let me tell you, there are times when I'm trout fishing. I got on my vest and I got my waders on you and all. And I get down my hands and knees. And if you was videoing it, it would look funny. But I'm crawling to the water. I peek up. I'm crawling. I mean, I'm not stooping, but I'm like doing this. I peek over the bushes. Okay. Boom! Got him! I don't want to scare the fish off. You know what I'm saying? So don't scare people off. Listen to what the scripture says. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory, the honor of God. And don't give offense to the Jews or the Gentiles or to the church of God. I, too, try to please everyone in everything. I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what's best for others. I use the right kind of bait. You know, some people go, well, you can take it or leave it, you know. And they're just very non-gentle in sharing the gospel. You don't catch fish that way. You be gentle, you sneak up, you don't scare them, you see. You don't offend the fish, or they won't bite. So he says in verse 33, I try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me, I do what is best for others. Are y'all seeing this verse along with me? Let's read the next words together. So that many may be saved. Rescued from the houses on fire. So that many, I'm doing whatever's best for them. I'm inconveniencing myself so that many can be saved. They can come to know the pardon of Almighty God. They can come to know that he heals the broken hearts and he sets the captives free. I do whatever it takes to bring them into the kingdom. I want to do something that has eternal value to it. Not just what has temporal value and I'll leave it all behind one day. I want to do stuff that has eternal value to it that I can take with me, you see. Verse 11, I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse 1 says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ, he said. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 says, 
But you should keep a clear mind in every situation, even when it's difficult and, and all. Keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Read it out loud with me. Work at bringing others to Christ. Do you see that? I didn't write he That's God's word. And he goes on to say, complete the ministry God has given you. Complete the ministry God has given you. Complete the ministry. Work at bringing others to Christ. Jesus said, you follow me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. Huh? It, it's one and the same. They're linked together. Just like Angie Mama Pancakes and her syrup. They go together. Follow me. Jesus. Come follow me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. It's what he said. That's what he said. Is anybody happier because you passed their way? Does anyone remember that you spoke to them today? The day is almost over, and it's toiling time is through. Is there anyone that will utter a kind word about you? Can you say tonight in parting with the day that's slipping fast that you helped a single person on their many of the many that you passed? Is a single heart rejoicing over what you did or said? Does the one whose hopes were fading now with courage look ahead? Did you win the day or lose it? Was it well or sorely spent? Did you leave a trail of kindness or a scar of discontent? As you close your eyes in slumber, do you think that God will say, heaven will be sweeter by the work you did? today you know uh, one summer in 1940s Vladimir Nabokov is a Russian novelist and his family stayed with a man in Alta Utah and uh, Vladimir you know he he took this opportunity when he was visiting there in Utah to enlarge his collection of butterflies and moths that he really enjoyed. And one evening at dusk, he returned from his day's excursion, saying that during hot pursuit near Bear Gulch, he had heard someone groaning, most, most awesome, most pitiful, down in a stream. The folks he was staying with says, well, did you stop? No, I had to get that butterfly. It was a rare one, you see. So the next day, they went out, and the corpse of an old prospector was discovered in what now has been renamed in honor of Vladimir, and they call it Dead Man's Gulch. You've probably heard that term before. You know, while people around us are dying, how often are we chasing something the equivalent to a butterfly? Jesus says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And, well, you know what? I'll catch up, maybe. And we're chasing butterflies. No eternal value to them. If you can find a way to use butterflies with eternal value, that's awesome. You know, a powerful story about a cocoon, and I'm coming out. You know, uh, we got some tracks that we're going to give out in just a little bit. If, if you want some, you can get your own little bundle. And one of the most awesome tracks I ever found was a track in... And, uh, you mail it to somebody, and when you open the envelope, a butterfly flies around the room. I'm not making this stuff up. This is true. 
You wind it up like them little airplanes that have a little propeller, you wind them up. This one winds it up and it makes his wings flap. And when you open the envelope, this butterfly about this big flies around the room and it has the gospel printed on his wings, you know. I think that's pretty cool. So you can chase butterflies if you can use them to fish with. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your master. Allow him to sit upon the throne of your heart. And what's the next word say? What's it say? Be ready. Prepared and willing. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks you why you're living the way you are and always with the utmost courtesy. Somebody goes, why in the world do you get up and go to church on Sunday? Why don't you sleep in? Why do you read the Bible? I saw you out at a restaurant. Why do you all pray over your food? You know, I see your kids. There's something different there. Not perfect, but I see something different going on. And when people ask you, why are you different than other people, what do we do? Like there was one guy, and his boss caught him at his lunch time, and, and the boss came by, and, and the man was praying over his food. Thank the Lord for it. And the boss said, I forgot what the guy's name was. Let's say it was Sam. He said, Sam, are you praying? And he goes, oh, no, sir, I just had something in my eye. You just blew that opportunity, didn't you? He lied. We need to live a Christian life out loud in a public place. And I'm not talking about weird and wacky like granola Christianity. It's just got a bunch of nuts and fruit and stuff in it. I'm talking about the true, the real deal. You know what I'm talking about. Anyhow, he says, be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks you why you're living the way you are and always with utmost courtesy. You know, when folks say, what's the difference I see in you? We can say, well, it's probably the difference you see in us is, is Jesus. See, we've been pardoned, we've been forgiven, and we're learning his ways and, and trying to follow him. And it's been making a difference in our lives. He says in verse 16, keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. And they'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. Boy, I like the way it says that, don't you? And then the last verse we're going to read here today is in Acts chapter 20, and then we're going to do a drawing. But in Acts chapter 20, verse 21, it says, I have had one message. How many messages? He says, I have had one message for Jews and Gentiles alike, and it's the necessity of turning from your sin and turning to God and of faith in our Lord Jesus. Wow. It's one message. You need Jesus. Turn from that. That stuff there, you got this God-shaped hole, and that will not satisfy. Turn from that and, and turn to God. Have faith in him, and he'll change your life. I mean, I'm talking about radical transformation here, you know. And then it says in verse 26, last verse we're going to read today, he says, let me say plainly. This is what the apostle said. He said, let me say plainly that I have been faithful, and no one's damnation can be blamed on me. Verse 27 says, For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants for you. No one's damnation can be blamed on me. But I wonder, is there anybody's damnation who can be blamed on us? One day when we stand before Almighty God. Now, I know we don't like talking about stuff like this. It don't always make us feel comfortable. But the truth of it is other people's eternal destiny depends upon us. Getting it right. 
And we're standing before God at the great white throne judgment day. And you got the goats on one side. The, the Bible uses those terms and the sheep on this side. And we're going before God to, to receive our eternal reward. And the, the goats are being cast off into outer darkness and, and all. And, and imagine you're going to fair and, uh, you know, you're welcomed in. You accepted Jesus. You know, you weren't a whole lot different than your neighbors were, but you had accepted Jesus and, and he changed your life. Imagine as we're standing before Almighty God one day, and over in the other line where the goats is at, you know, those who rejected Christ, there's a guy or a lady of their, or their family over there going like, Hey, you knew about this? You knew we would have to stand before God one day? And, and you had the pardon? You had the answer? And you didn't tell us? What kind of neighbor was you? What's the Bible say about neighbors? Love them as you love yourself. Second greatest commandment in the world. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. What I'm telling you, when we follow Jesus, he says, I'll make you to become a fisher of men. You've got to learn. It'll take your whole lifetime to get good at it, but you'll learn how to catch men and women for God. You, you'll learn how to bring them into a relationship with Jesus Christ as King of kings and, and Lord of lords. Well, I want us to uh, listen to a song, and then we're going to do the drawing. But this song, maybe it will challenge you just a little bit. You know, it's just a simple song. It's called Jesus, Friend of Sinners. Jesus, friend of sinners, we have strayed so far away. We cut down people in your name, but the sword was never ours to swing. Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth's become so hard to see. The world is on their way to you, but they're tripping over me. Always looking around but never looking up I'm so double-minded A plank-eyed saint with dirty hands And a heart divided Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners Open our eyes to the world At the end of our pointing fingers Let our hearts be sinners break our hearts for what breaks yours to remember we are all the least of these let the memory of your mercy bring your people to their knees 
what we're for, only what we're against when we judge the wounded. What if we put down our signs, crossed over the lines and loved like you did? Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our hearts be led by mercy. Help us reach with open song says break my heart for what breaks yours and when Jesus says follow me and, and, and I'll make you become fishers of men your heart will break for these people who have no hope who, who, who have no joy no peace they have no pardon but, but if we was to work together and, and, and your heart was breaking the way mine is, we'd reach them. And I'm convinced that the majority of people on this planet, if someone shared the gospel with them, just a simple good news presentation, I am pretty convinced just about everybody would accept it. 
if we use wisdom. And Jesus says, I want you to follow me and I'll make you become a fisher of men. That's what he has called us to do. We should be fishing today. Wherever we go, whatever we do, we can let the good news out. You can do it strategically. You can work with other people and deliberately do it. You can go out into a restaurant. Say, me and Dave go out for breakfast. I go, Dave, would you tell me again how you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And people are eavesdropping. You know, like... And the devil goes, that's cheating. No, it's not. It's fishing. <laughs> There's all kinds of ways you can fish. Tell the good news to people. Okay, let's pray. As our heads are bowed, I want you to join me in a simple prayer. If you're willing, would you respond when Jesus says, I want you to follow me? If you're going to believe in him, receive him as your Savior, and choose to follow him from this day forward. I'd like you to pray with us. Maybe you've never welcomed Christ in your life. Maybe you've never entered a relationship with him before, but you're willing to receive that pardon today. This is how you do it. You, you receive what you've believed. So I'd ask you to join me. Reaffirm your faith or declare your faith for the first time today with a simple prayer. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. That's why you sent Jesus. And I believe that Jesus died in my place. And he paid for all of my sins. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and offers life in fullness to all who would receive. And I receive it now. I receive Jesus as my Savior. I am truly sorry for my sinful ways and I turn from those things and I will follow Jesus. Help me, almighty God, to become a fisher of men. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Uh, did everybody here get a, a ticket when you came in the door for a little drawing we're going to have? If anybody did not get one, raise your hand. Okay. Can y'all bring me the, the buckets up? Did, did I see a hand? And listen, while they're bringing them up here, remember, at the, when we're dismissed in just a moment, uh, if, if you need some prayer, the altar is open. There'll be some people who'd love to pray with you. And I'm telling you, God still answers prayer. If you prayed with me and you welcome Christ in your life, at the back, at the connections desk, they have a little gift bag. Thank you, sir. They have a gift bag back there to give to everybody who said, well, I, I welcome Christ into my life today. There's a Bible in there, a movie, and some other little goodies. And if you're a guest with us, we've got a really cool gift for all of you who this is your first time here today. Just let them know, hey, I'm a guest today. And now comes the time to do the drawing. Oh, you know what? It's dirty. Y'all probably wouldn't want it now, would you? Oh, man. Okay. That might be your number, but I'm going to put it back and choose somebody else's. Okay, here we go. It says T-I-C. Oh, wait. All right. 
Oh, there's numbers over on this side. Seven, nine, four, three, six, six. Who is that? Woo! Come on up here. Now, do you think that'll fit you okay? $100 gift certificate. Awesome. Oh, right. Okay. Hang on. You know what? I got something else I'm going to give away real quick. Do we have those little tackle boxes back there? Could you bring me about six or seven or eight of them up here? Is that yes or no? Okay. What this is, this is a spiritual tackle box. Okay? It's a spiritual tackle box. All it does is it has a bunch of tracks in there. And we're going to be getting more and more tracks. Just stick them right there. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And it's got all kinds of tracks in here. And, and, and don't ever forgive a track away unless you read it. Maybe something slipped in that shouldn't have got in there, you know? But always read them. And there's tracks in here that look like million-dollar bills. But if you ever leave this at a restaurant, you better leave a real good tip along with it, okay? <laughs> I'm serious when I say that. Some little lady's trying to figure out how to pay her rent that week, and we leave them a gospel track, and she's like, I could have used a few bucks to help pay my rent also. So do that. And there's some in here. Oh, there's all kinds, and I'm not, they're all mixed up in all the different little tackle boxes. Some of them have little wallets, and it looks like a, a $5 bill hanging out of it. You just drop it. Somebody will pick it up really quick, you know? And uh, we will have some more of those butterfly ones. But this has got all kinds of little gospel tracks, and it's just like your little tackle box. You know, when you pay for your gas, just give the guy a, a gospel track along with it. Why not? You pay a bill. How many of you like paying bills? Put a gospel track in it. You go, I can look forward to paying my bills now because maybe the person who opens the envelope will get saved, okay? All right. So, let's see. How many we have there? One, two, three, four, seven. So, I'm going to pull out seven numbers here. One, two. Oh, these are yellow and red. Okay, so there's three, four, five, six. Okay. Oh, wait, I got, no, that's right. Okay. Eight two five 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 zero. Yes? No? Last night, people did the same thing. <laughs> but after I called another number, three numbers later, nobody showed. Then all of them got up at one time. They was afraid to come by themselves. That's okay. I think might, somebody might be downstairs. If you're downstairs in the cafe looking at, on the big screen, and that was your number, run up here before I give it away to somebody else. Okay. No, the number is 825572. Come on down here. I'm serious. You can abandon it for just a moment. Everybody wants to see your smiling face. Come on. We're going to wait on you. While he's coming down, thank you for serving up in the booth there. This one just says Pastor Ron won this one. No, you're not. not. It's 825. Five, five, seven, three. All right. Woo. Grab one of these guys. God bless you, brother. Congratulations. All right. Let's see. Did I give that one? Yes, that was the one I just called. Okay. Eight, two, five, five, six, three. All right. Here you, know, here you go, Dave. 
Would you give that to her? Congratulations. And here's another one. Seven, nine, four, three, two, three. All right. Come on up and grab yours. And while she's coming, here's another one. Seven, nine, four, three, four, one. You got that? Congratulations. Just take one of them. All right. Let's see. Okay, you got that one there? Hey, Patty. And then, okay, we got two more. Seven, nine, four, three, six, two. All right. Y'all can get excited if you want to. All right. God bless you. And here's the last one. Now, there are samples. There's little rubber band packages of gospel tracks that are free to everybody at the back over there. And we'll be getting some other ones in. You can make your own. Give away a, a, a DVD of the service or you can tear a page out of your Bible and give it away. You know what I'm saying? It's really the best use of a Bible that's on a coffee table that never gets used for anything else. That was really mean, wasn't it? <laughs> seven, nine, four, three, seven, nine. Anybody? I hear noises. All right. Come on over here. Woo. See, there are people downstairs watching on the big screen. Hey, congratulations, brother. God bless you, man. Okay, now what do we do? Let's see. i sorry I kept you a little late, okay? But I, I believe of all my heart that God wants you to be a fisher of men. Okay, last thing I'm going to tell you about is on the, your, uh, your weekly challenge here. If you agree, just check it off and drop it in the tithe box. It says, I will follow Jesus closely this week and allow him to make me a good fisher of men and women. If you agree with that, check it off. Drop it in the tithe box. Greet one another on your way out. God bless you. You are dismissed. I'll have some more Cabela's gift cards to give away next week. And your friend that you bring may win it.